This is the show off. It's the collab you didn't know you needed. The unholy union of two powerhouses of Australian media. Pedestrian and Batuta Advocate. Taking a savage swipe at the week in entertainment news. Anything you've missed? And everything you give a shit about. I'm Laura Marcia, the entertainment reporter at Pedestrian. I'm Effie Bateman, lifestyle and entertainment reporter at Batuta Advocate. And I'm Wendell Hussey, the sports reporter at the Batuta Advocate and the token bloke of this podcast. Now, today on the show-off, we have a big old show coming up, as we do every single week. Laura Marcia, Effie Bateman, we're going to talk about sex and the city fans and how devastated they are with a new season of And Just Like That. Got to admit, I didn't think it was coming back for round two. T-Swizz is coming back to Australia and she's demolishing ticketing platforms. Probably the biggest tour for a long, long time. Um, Noted sporting moguls Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney guys behind Wrexham FC, they've made another big money purchase. This one I think actually fits a little bit better for them. And finally, we're going to talk about a new movie at the cinemas that isn't from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we really we do. We have to yeah. talk about that. We got it. We simply must. Now, before we get into our top stories, mm-hmm. it is time for our obsession of the week. And I believe... Effie Bateman, you have once again gone to the deep, dark corners of the internet. You've gone down wormholes. You've mm-hmm. found things. And you're bringing them back to us for your obsession. Yes. We've got Effie's <laughs> surprise for the obsession. And I love <laughs> when we have no idea whatsoever about what you're going to mm. talk about. What's got you obsessed this week? Well, I love doing deep dives on Reddit. And I found I came across this really cool question the other day, which was, it was, what is your John Lennon abuses his wife type fact? So it's like a fact that just completely throws you. Oh, like yeah. Bob Dylan's hey. a pedophile. What? Is he? <gasps> See, I expected no. like a sexy little tidbit, like Clippy. I didn't expect this. Are you no, talking no. about like a fact about a noted person? That yeah, just that just completely you. throws okay. you. Yeah. yeah. So this, the one that I found... That, Really, Bob Dylan? He's not a pedophile. There were allegations by um, a woman who was a 14-year-old at the time levelled against him. I figure with most of those musicians Mm. that there's... Anyway, this is also about a musician, but did you know that if it wasn't for Nazis, we might not have ABBA? Uh, No. No. Mm. Mm -hmm. Did you know this? I know of it. I'm not yeah. um, completely across the story, um, mm-hmm. but I'm excited to know. Just a quick update: it was actually she was actually 12. The oh, girl. Okay, Ooh. yeah. She was 12 at the time. She mm. came on later, a few decades later, and accused Bob Dylan of sexual abuse. Yes. Were these like confirmed charged situations, or are we talking allegedly? Uh, we're talking. There was a case um, brought forward. Mm. She dropped the the claims mm. eventually but okay. anyway it's a pretty dark area to get yeah. into a bit murky um Nazis. matthew broderick killed two people in his car oh, i did know that one that was a good yeah. there's a few of them that have done a few hit and runs but anyway back to abba back to abba so there was a eugenics program by the ss mm. they wanted nazi soldiers to procreate with Aryan women so they were like you please find all the blonde german women after that, they were like, okay, what about, I think there was um, the invasion of Norway in 1940. And they're like, okay, obviously a lot of these women are blonde and blue eyes. Go ahead, procreate. And um, so I think it's Frida who is a result of the Nazi eugenics program her mother got with a Nazi soldier. 
I feel like I got with is probably a pretty um, <laughs> a pretty nice yeah. way of putting it. I'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, the Nazis Riz game brought us Abba. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> face... I can't with this. I can't. I just. I think we can all agree the Nazis didn't do much good. No. There you go. Anyway. <laughs> Civilization defining a moment like that. Um, thank you very much, Effie Bateman. I look forward to where you find yourself over the next seven days. <laughs> but first up in our top stories today, we're going to talk about the disappointment of Sex and the City fans in regards to the reboot this time for season two. Effie Bateman, mm. run the ball up. Oh, oh. I'm so. I'm, a lot of us, I think, could just hate watching at this point. Uh, background, I'd say Sex and the City is probably my favourite show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably my comfort show. I watch it over and over again every year. And if you're not across it, Wendell, mm. a lot of people are angry with the reboot and just like that, which is set, I think, like 20 years later, is it? Something like that. It's set now. Modern day. Set, yeah, set now. Uh, the first season got a lot of backlash because it didn't seem to focus much on the main characters and there seemed to be a lot of overcorrection of the sins of the past for not being, you know, diverse or... Um, there were some episodes in the old show that were like... A bit questionable. A bit que- yeah, very yeah. questionable with some themes that we would now watch and be like, oh, shit, mm. shouldn't have yes. done that. Show me a 90s TV show that doesn't have that. Good point. Show me an early 2000s TV show that doesn't have that. Exactly. Exactly. So a lot of the feedback received in season one is that it was incredibly, you know, poorly written. The main characters are now unlikable and unrecognisable, especially Miranda. And you can kind of see an influence on one of the characters' personal lives kind of being written into the character she's playing. And then there's a whole bunch of characters who are now almost the main stars that I don't particularly care for because I want to see the stories of the three women that mm. I've been following yeah. for years. And to sound like a boomer, bit bit too woke. Yeah, I can't believe I'm agreeing with you on this one. Yeah. Um, I love, and just like that, I love Sex in the City. And I like look forward to watching it. I was looking forward to the new season. It wasn't a hate watch for me. And everyone had been talking about, like the whispers were that it was a hark back to the original season. We're going to get the same vibe. It was going to be amazing. But then when we watched it, like, it's not. Mm. It's, the writing is ridiculous. Miranda, who is my favourite character, was just – she's a joke now. She doesn't have mm. the same get-up-and-go sassiness, like, hardcore feminist boss lady shit that she used to. Mm. And now she's just this silly little clown She's girl. a clown. Yeah. Mm. She's a big clown. Because she became the icon, right, in the sense of, like, you're growing up watching it and you're going, like, oh, Samantha's such a boss or I want to be Carrie. But then as you grow older, you realise you actually want to be yeah. Miranda. Miranda, right? like, that's she's the a homeowner. She's a yeah. lawyer. She's killing she's, it. Yeah. She's funny. All that sort of stuff. And now they've just completely ruined her character. And completely. She's water. just this bumbling fool who – is completely unravels at every mm. given opportunity. And it, it, the feeling I get when I watch this show, I'm like, the writers haven't watched the original show. These are completely different characters. A lot of the choices being made don't make any sense. And it's interesting because I was reading the... Of course, the writers have heard the backlash and the feedback. And Cynthia Nixon, who plays Miranda, and Sarah Ramirez, who plays Shay who is very, a lot of people don't like the character of Shay, they've hit back and they said, you know, we've heard the feedback and you're all bigots and homophobic. Yikes. Because we don't like what's happening with her character. 
It's a really yeah. good response to criticism. Totally. Just labeling people bigoted or homophobic. Yeah. That's and like I mean, there probably are a lot of bigots and homophobes who hate these characters sure. because Miranda's exploring her sexuality, yeah. you know, like she's showing interest in a non binary person, which is great. But that's not my problem with it. Mm. That's not a lot of people's and problem with it. There are probably a lot of bigots and homophobes who have a half decent taste in television as well and know that the T V show shit. And regardless of their bigotry and homophobia, <laughs> they can point out how shit the TV show well, is. Yeah, because it's resounding so. like everyone is saying it's so shit. Yeah, but I just don't understand as like a queer woman writing for herself that we're getting this kind of portrayal. And I know that Miranda is meant to be like casting away what she thinks she needs to do, so she's not a lawyer anymore. She's like doing her own thing, finding herself. But it's frustrating that this is what we're getting. We're getting this bumbling idiot. And I can't. I find it hard to believe that Cynthia is writing this for herself, trying to show her sexuality. I think she doesn't care about the character. I think Aww. it's just like I. I don't know. There just seems to be a lack of care well, like, in what's happening. Start a new show then, if you yeah. want. To, yeah. Mm. Oh, and just... there's some like weird things I heard you were saying that don't make sense. Like mm. weird nonsensical shit about seaweed oh, yeah. on the beach. <gasps> seaweed on the beach. <laughs> Sorry for yelling. Um. Yeah. Oh. I'm. I noticed this when I watched it, but I did not remember until just now. So Miranda decides she's going to go make friends by picking up like seaweed, well, cleaner beach. And it's just a bunch of hippies picking up seaweed. Which, and that just doesn't seem, sorry, I know that, sorry, I know that you don't watch this show. Yeah. And I feel like this is so confusing to you. I don't see Miranda like being like, I'm going to go pick seaweed. The, there's supposed to be seaweed on the beach. It's actually bad to pick the seaweed Why? up. I don't know. I, you know what? I feel like. Chat GPT is writing this series. They're putting random words like lesbian, non-binary, you know. <laughs> they're just putting random words into chat. chat. Mm. Maybe they put beach in there. and then Lesbian picks up seaweed. F- phone. And it's like lost phone, beach, seaweed. <laughs> like it's just dumb. Yeah. And like this wasn't affected by the writer's strike, was it? Like this is written no. way before. So there's yeah, no fucking excuse. excuse. There's no excuse. Yeah. Carrie Bradshaw is a podcaster in this as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She's upgraded from like a column in a newspaper mm. like she used to in the original series and now mm. she's a podcaster and mm. she's, you'd think, willing to talk about sex because that's what she wrote her, you know, column yeah. about, but not really the case, is it? No. She's suddenly become quite prudish. Yeah. So th- the most recent episode, she's supposed to do an ad reading for vagina suppositories. She doesn't want to. But it's not for the reason that you think. Yeah, this is what bugged me watching it. So you'd think that she wouldn't want to talk about it as a woman who's educated in like sexual health. You don't need vagina suppositories to clean a vagina. It's self-cleaning, as we all know. So I thought Carrie was going to be like feminist icon and say, no, I'm not going to represent this product on mm. my show. But that's not it. She just didn't want to say vagina on, on air. Despite being a sex columnist yeah. for decades. What did she refer to it as, do you reckon? Wasn't it? Oh, because she, like she wouldn't purse? say for JJ. <laughs> The purse. Why doesn't she want to say vagina? I don't know. It makes no sense. It really makes no sense. What are the words for vagina? Mm, I know some yucky ones. I know some. What's your yuckiest one? Axe wound. I was about to say (laughs) bleeding axe wound. Yes. Do you know any yucky ones? Yeah, I know plenty of yucky ones, but I'm not bringing them up on the podcast today. Moot is a good one. Moot. Your moot. Or get your moot out. I've heard jut. The famous saying, diesel soot gets the moot. That's what you say on the back of like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'll let you guys offer up the words yeah. for the vagina. Scrambled eggs between the legs. Them. Anyway, um, I know our producer Alex <laughs> has some very, very strong thoughts on this podcast world that is being created. Um, and you wanted a note for listeners 
Alex, that there is no way one person like Carrie Bradshaw, one podcast host refusing to read one ad read would shut down an entire podcast network yes. like it was in the show. Get over here. <laughs> Feel strong. Hello. Hello. Hi, Laura. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yes, I would just like to say to everyone, there is no way one podcast host not doing one ad read would take down an entire network. Sorry, Carrie. You're not Joe Rogan. (laughs) (laughs) And if it does... And if she it did, bad business model. Oh, my God, 100%. Yeah. Bad business Fix your model. podcast network. Get some more sponsors. Yeah. yeah. Well, on our podcast show, we will move along to big news. Really big news for the nation of Australia. Big news for music fans. Big news for Swifties. T-Swizzle is coming to Australia. Laura Marcia, it's exciting. It's so exciting for Swifties across the nation. They have been waiting for this for a long time. Um, I say they because I don't personally identify as a Swiftie, but I really resonate with struggle. So she's bringing her tour, which is the Eras tour, goes for three hours. So she's really putting on a show down under for five big shows. But they're only going to be in Sydney and Melbourne. (laughs) which is obviously causing a bit of a ruckus. Why are you laughing? Oh, because of all the sooking that's going on. <laughs> um, Perth, Brisbane particularly. No, I like, think Brisbane, I think it's fair. It's as in that they're left out or that they're sooking? Oh, no, 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 that oh. they're sooking. They're allowed to sook. Bro, like objectively, right, mm. you think about it, Brisbane's sooking like, oh, my God, Taylor, like why can't you come to Brisbane or why can't you come to Perth? Darwin, all these places, they want Taylor to come. How big is the world? Couple hundred countries, right? There's a lot of countries Taylor's got to go to. She's in demand. She's doing an era's tour. She's also a human being, right? So there's, mm. you know, demands upon her physically and mentally. Realistically, you've got Sydney and Melbourne, five million each. You go do those two cities. You're not going to Perth. You're not I know, going but to Brisbane. You're Brisbane. not going to Hobart. You're not going to Dunedin. You're not going yeah. to Christchurch. Not going to You're Batuta. not going to Nandi. Not you going know to what I mean? You're not. You can't go to every single city with a million people in the world. She'd have to do five, 200 shows in China if she wanted to do that. There's I over feel like 100. Australia always gets the short end of the we stick, do. though. We, we do. always get like, oh, you get two cities, maybe three, if but I'm feeling generous. Even Paramore was announced today and like they're only going to Brisbane, Melbourne and Sydney. So like people yeah. from interstate are going to have to come say, to Sydney here yeah. and clog up all the tickets and then like all of our public transport, which is terrible. It's going to be mm. difficult. It's not just a Swifty problem. It's an everyone problem. And that criticism is warranted because there's not that many paramories getting around. <laughs> but there are a lot of Swifties, right? And she's got a so lot many. of people to please all around the world. If she just wants to base herself in Sydney for a couple of shows, do those shows. Three hours as well. Imagine adding travel in. She's got to go from Sydney to Brisbane, do a three-hour show, finish up. Then she's got to go over to Perth, fuck around with the time difference. Mark McGowan's not paying her, you know an extra couple of million to come and do the show there as part of a tourism drive. That's true. For Taylor, she's what coming down here. She's New doing the show. What about New Zealand, Thank you. I was just about to say that. What about the Kiwis? Give them some um, love over the pond. Sorry. If she's not going to Brisbane, she's not going across the Dutch to Auckland. Sorry. Auckland and Wellington miss out. Um, mm, I feel for them. Like, well, Taylor Swift means so much to so many people. She does, but she can't be everything to everyone. I know. You know, the famous saying, you can't be everything to everyone. She's coming to the major capitals. People, if they want to see her so bad, they can come, you know. But even on that, there's been an issue with buying tickets to the shows that she's already had. So, so far, we've already Mm. had the Amex Express cardholders pre-sale, which is just for the, like, fancy tickets. Rich ones, Rich people. So they start at $900 and go up to $1,250 for the VIP packages. You don't get to pick where you sit. It's just kind of like 
you know, you get a I'd ticket. I'd want to sit on her lap for that. I'd want a kiss. <laughs> kiss. <laughs> I'm going to pay that much. I want a little, little smooch. Anyway, so 30 minutes before it started, people were already on the website. Obviously, it's a huge deal for people willing to fork out that amount of cash. Mm. And 30 minutes before, it crashed. So everyone freaked out. Ticketek released an official statement dodging the blame. So they were basically blaming that Amex was at fault in their official statement. And then two hours later, it was back up and running. So... Yeah, it was a pretty big deal already and general admission hasn't even gone on sale it's yet. Gonna, yeah. It's going to completely – I think the internet will crash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Side note, we are recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. Mm. So if Ticketek has crashed, if the world has burnt all around the Taylor Swift um, concert sale – we're, we apologize. We recorded yeah. before that all happened. So we, we can only talk about the Amex stuff so far. That's true. In America, for example, they've really, you, the ticket prices skyrocket. Like mm. $12.50 for Taylor Swift isn't that bad. Like so, I read somewhere somebody paid fourteen grand for a ticket in the US to go see Taylor. Jeez. Mm. That's something else. Like I know she means a lot, but mm. that amount can get you something else. Yeah. More yeah. worthwhile. People will be coming in from everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's the mm. thing. But do you guys remember in Sydney, like I don't know if you were around then, but there was a night where it was like Harry Styles, Ed Sheeran, the footy was playing, Kylie Minogue was playing. And, and it was, pride. Yeah, right? yeah, and yeah. pride. And it was bedlam. Like yeah. you couldn't go anywhere on public transport. You couldn't drive anywhere. And I'm kind of worried that that's going to happen again because you're going to have people from New Zealand coming over interstate because that's what people do. They love Taylor Swift. They're willing to take out a mortgage on their house to bloody go mm. to see her. Mm. So... I think it's not just the Swifties that'll be mm. struggling. It's going to be us. And it's out of that godforsaken stadium at oh. Homebush mm-hmm. um, where, you know, you cram like cattle into a train <laughs> out there and then you wait for hours trying yeah. to get mm. back into the city. Awful, awful stadium. Good news, though, for both these shows, particularly for Victorian football fans, February is when she's coming to Australia. So they're not going to ruin the uh, the uh, MCG oh, turf. They're not going to destroy any AFL players. I was really knees. worried about that. I was that. actually yeah. sweating up a storm yeah. thinking yeah. about that. So it's it's during pre-season, so oh, that's something okay, to take a good. bit of a weight up. You guys don't have good. to worry about Taylor Swift being blamed for uh, destroying mm. the seasons of any mm. AFL footballers. But. Thank God. We'll just keep our eye out for Swifties to make sure mm. we can how stay do you, out of line. How do you know? Because I know with Harry mm. – it's the cowboy hat, the feather boa. What do, is there like a particular costume to recognize a Swifty? Well, because it's the Eras tour, there's multiple phases that we're talking about with Taylor Swift on this one. So we're going to see people from like you know looking like throughout the ages. So I asked one of my friends, Brittany. She's a crazy Swifty. Sorry, love you. Um, and she basically said to, at the moment, anyone looking like really nervous is probably a Swifty because they're wanting to buy tickets. Yeah. Mm. But at the gig, if they've got a red lip, it's kind of an older Swifty. Mm-hmm. Curly hair could be a fearless nod. Oh, mm-hmm. um, then we've got <laughs> cowboy boots for the OG fans who like the country and western. Yeah, yep. and the then Nashville ones. Yeah, the Nashville mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. And then for the 1989 album, we've got thigh high boots, a little bit sassy, Ooh, sexy. Change, so yeah, I love that. Keep an eye out and avoid um, <laughs> if you want to. It's going to be a very stressful. I, I feel for anybody trying to get tickets at the moment. I'd probably have a day off work. Yeah. Get your mum, get your boyfriend, oh, everybody. Every single person you know, yeah. get them on, get as many devices as you can well, possibly yeah. get. Well, actually, there's kind of tips and tricks to get tickets and only having one device is the recommended. Really? Oh, right. oh yes. concentration-wise? Yeah, yeah. And you're meant to be on like 15 minutes beforehand. Don't refresh. For more tips and tricks, go to pedestrian. But aside from nice. that, <laughs> we have, like, there are tips and mm. tricks to make sure you can get a ticket if there are some available, but it's going to be a bloody slog. So take a day off. Don't mm. get a coffee that day. 
just like order in. No toilet breaks. None. We're We're a nappy. nappy. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck to you, Swifties. Mm -hmm. Quick yes, no question to finish it. Biggest tour of Australia in the last 10 years, yes, no. Most significant tour. Like in general, Taylor Swift? Do you know the answer is this trivia? No, no, no. I'm just asking you guys. Has there been a bigger, (laughs) more hotly anticipated tour of Australia than Taylor Swift coming in 2024? I would actually say Harry Styles or even... He wasn't sold out though, was he? he? I don't think he was. He wasn't. Elton? No. Mm. And I know Probably Andre Ryu. My grandma would yeah, play. Oh. Can they sell out? People get out really? for those. People it love probably Mr. was Ryu. Andre Rio. But aside oh. from that, I'm going to say this is probably this is the biggest tour in recent yeah. memory that I can remember. Mm. Excitement levels, people getting around it. Anyway, um, really quick, yes, no. Thanks very much. Um, <laughs> move on to our next segment: um, entertainment news with a sporting twist. Movie stars. Well, one movie star, one TV star, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney have bought into a Formula One team. Mm, they've spent $200 million and they've bought a 24% stake in the Alpine Racing Team. They're the orangey kind of ones. Yes. Yep. So that's the one. Piastri. Piastri almost. Uh, yep. Best tweet of what was it this year or last year when they announced that he was going to be a driver. And he's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So they've bought into that. Um, they've bought in with Michael B. Jordan, the um, lead in the Rocky what spin-off a Creed sexy films. Sexy Alpine owners. Yeah. Is he going to be in the Netflix show? Well, that's what I'm going to wonder. Is I don't know what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Piastri is pretty sexy too. Our very own Oscar. Sainz, there's He's, a few good looking there guys. A, it's, yeah. yeah. There are. That's, you know, you we know, actually have a group chat at work, a Slack channel called like Daddy Ricks or something because we love Daniel Ricciardo. Formula mm. One's for the girls. It's <laughs> rich, hot European men who mm. drive cars, like expensive cars. Toot toot. Yeah. But this, yeah, this $200 million deal gives them 24% of it, which. $200 million seems like a lot, right? But that doesn't seem a lot probably for F1. Made, yeah, it's not a lot for F1. Like a $1 right. billion, yeah. if I did quick maths. Yeah, quick maths. Mm-hmm. It's it's rated as about, yeah, an $800 million team, I think they oh, they yeah. say. Um, <laughs> very quick maths there. But, yeah, they've, they've bought into this team. Um, they probably, if they were to sell Wrexham, which I don't think they're going to, but after the fairy tale rags to riches where they went from the fifth division of English football to the fourth division of English football, fairy tale story. Um, <laughs> they have increased the net worth of that club by like conservative estimates are at least a hundred million dollars. So oh, they bought geez. that for a couple of million, and that's gone up a lot. Like it could be much more than that. Um, Reynolds sold his telco company for yeah. five hundred million dollars a couple of months got, ago. He's got like a tequila company. That's worth. yeah. He's pretty flush with cash. He potentially is spotting Rob on this one. I would say because <laughs> I, I mean, like, always Sunny has done pretty well. Yeah. But I don't know if Rob has mm. a spare fifty mil, you know, yeah. or a hundred mil lying around to just chuck in and buy um, a quarter of a racing team. But look, the narrative around it is that. Alpine is one of the shitter 
Um, mm-hmm. not It's not the shittest, but it's one of the shitter teams in F1. The big three is Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull. Those guys, they Put win it so all the eloquently. championships. <laughs> yeah, so Alpine's like in the middle there. They're not yeah. really shit, but they're, they're in the middle. So the narrative is that they're buying into this. They're bringing their star power, and they're gotcha. going to hopefully take Alpine up into that top tier of racing. F1 used to be basically like, taking money out and setting it on fire. Mm. But because of the way they've changed the sport and it's pretty much a guaranteed 10-team sport in terms of the drivers' mm. um, teams that are allowed in there and all of the drive-to-survive stuff, all mm. of the renewed popularity, this is actually potentially a pretty good investment. Like, I don't think they're just throwing mm. $200 million away. There's a chance that if they want to sell in five years, they'll probably made a significant amount of money in it. And that's where I say at the start of the show there I mentioned it's probably a better fit. Rich guys mm. spending lots of money buying a rich team in a rich sport mm. feels a lot more yeah, real like line, than the yeah. rags to yeah. riches story of buying some semi-pro footballers out in um, out in Wales. But we'll see what happens there. Obviously, there's chat about is there going to be a drive to survive? They can't do their own spin-off, right? So that's what you it's know. Be a Welcome to Rexon did so well. Drive to survive is already pumping, so maybe there'll be a part of that. But um, I wonder drive if they're going to thrive. Yeah, <laughs> that could be. That yeah, could be maybe they'll try that. and do. Maybe they'll just do something about their friendship with Piastri and mm, um, yeah. Michael B. Jordan. Maybe it'll be like a little kind of a little thing that they'll do. But yeah, that's that's where I think they're limited in terms of they can't just set up another doco that everyone's going to love. But, but I guess they can bring their star power to the existing series, and Netflix yeah. should be if they do that should be incredibly grateful that three big names are like, hey, mm. look at us. Yeah, they're probably stoked. It, it, all it yeah. does is just draw more attention to the sport, and they'll be uh, they'll be happy about that. Now, our final story: uh, a rom com has hit our cinemas for the first time in a couple of centuries, maybe two hundred <laughs> years. Feels that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a good old fashioned rom com <laughs> in the movies. They're calling it a sex comedy as well. A little. Which I, I haven't really heard of, of sex comedy before. Well, yeah, is like that a thing? American Pie and, and yeah, Euro raunchy trip. comedy is what yeah. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So rom-com, sex comedy, bit of a coming of age kind of thing as well, I would say, yeah. Laura Marcia. Yeah, definitely a coming of age. Um, yes. So this film <laughs> is called uh, No Hard Feelings and it stars Jennifer Lawrence and Andrew Barth Feldman. And so it's basically about a 32-year-old woman. She's a bit down in the dumps, wants to save her mother's house. She needs a car. She needs money. And she sees an ad, which is like, hey, come sleep with my 19-year-old son and we'll give you those things. So it sounds icky. Okay, right off the bat. It sounds icky. It sounds like there is an age gap. But um, he's going off to college soon and his parents want him to thrive. Um, mm. It's not like a yucky age gap film. I promise. Uh, it's it's Why done. Is that because that? like Jennifer Lawrence is hot and like it's all good and like <laughs> if you were like it. if you were like nineteen, like you'd be pretty cool with like, like Jennifer Lawrence like coming out. Like, I mean, I personally would, but aside I mean, from I, that, I definitely would. I, you know, <laughs> it's always like the teacher stories that you see in the news. No, You're like, damn, bro. No, but <laughs> if I was seventeen. No. <laughs> Yeah, but then that's the whole power thing. Yep. But in this one, it's not icky just because they like build a friendship. It works. Yep. It makes sense. Okay, it's it's not bad. I promise. So 
basically it did pretty well in the box office. Um, yeah. It got 15 million for its debut, which is amazing because we haven't seen a comedy. Like you say, a comedy mm. hasn't gone to cinemas in a long time. We're used to seeing superheroes, Marvel, all that good stuff. Um, but the word on the street is that No Hard Feelings having like a launch in the cinema is going back to recession comedy times. Mm. Um, because we haven't, like when was the last time you guys laughed out loud in a cinema? A while ago. Yeah, I, I, I actually can't remember the last comedy I saw. I, I feel especially now, given that tickets to see a movie are so expensive, mm-hmm. we've got all these streaming platforms. It's kind of, you know, if you're going to go see a movie at the cinema, which I rarely do anymore, it's going to be a blockbuster. Totally. Mm. Um, yeah, and comedies usually just go straight to Netflix. So this, I feel like it, it was a risk as well to do this. And you're trying to cut through all the noise. I mean, we used to have just a few blockbusters coming out every season. It would be something everyone's talking about. Mm. Now it's just there's so much going on. How do you cut through the noise? Yeah. This for me works though. Like this is like you can go and have a couple of drinks and have a gig on a Thursday or a Friday night and enjoy it. You can also be on death's door hungover on a Sunday night or a Monday night and just need a warm hug of a rom-com slash sex-com, that's, I think this <laughs> this hits a lot of notes and mm. I could see myself sitting in a cinema. because you love it. Jennifer Lawrence. A big time. You may have picked up on that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I like the angle you were just saying there about recession-era comedy because yeah. that harks back to, like, super bad, yes. 40-year-old virgin, Tropic all that. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Like, so around that time, so there was the Great Recession, which was like, what, 2007, 2008, mm. around that time, uh, where people were turning to comedy series and comedy films um, to kind of escape a little bit from the hardcore lives they were facing mm. at the time. And so, like, I had a little look to see if there was any truth to this or if it was just whispers that journos were saying. And so, according to The Guardian and Rooters back in 2000... Rooters? Routers? Rooters? Back in 2008, speaking of sex comedies, um, there was an influx of comedy shows and films during, during and shortly after the Great Recession. So, Paul Levinson, a professor of communications and media, media studies from Fordham University in New York City, said, If there isn't enough laughter in real life, we seek it in entertainment. What this means as we proceed through this recession is that one thing which will certainly not be hurting will be comedies. He said that in 2008. Mm. And mm. I think, as we know, Cozzy Lives is hitting us all pretty damn hard. Mm. And so, we need a giggle. We need a cheeky little giggle with people. You know what we need? We need Mr. Anthony Albanese to drop a thousand bucks in all our fucking bank accounts, and then we can go to the movie. And we can buy popcorn and yes. we can buy yes. chock tops. Chock That's tops. all we need. We Ugh. need him to borrow a uh, page out of Mr. Kevin Rudd's book. So give us a thousand dollars so we can all go to the movies. Mm-hmm. I just want to say on this, I feel like there actually is something for everyone as well. Like it's got you've got the nerdy little nineteen-year-old mm-hmm. guy who doesn't know how to interact with people, who's wrapped up in video games. I know I'm sounding boomery here, but who basically doesn't have relationships with people and friendships with people, which there are a lot of people coming through who like yeah. they basically they live on the internet and they they have communities there, obviously like that, but they don't have real life interactions Mm. with people and then you have the parents who want the best for them and then you have uh you know a happy go lucky woman who's (laughs) down on her luck dealing with fucking gentrifying people coming in and trying to ruin the place she lives which is montauk um apparently it is based off a real life craigslist ad that's how they got jennifer lawrence yes it is acting hiatus yeah yeah i mean like i I don't think she was totally on a hiatus because I looked at her IMDb and I was like, you've been doing stuff. Mm. She just hasn't done comedies before because she said that she couldn't find anything that was funny. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, no, she was having dinner, I think, with the with the director, mm. and uh, they were talking about this crazy ad and basically blamed it on that. And they started writing, and he wrote this for her, which I think you can totally see in yeah. the characterization. Yeah. And you know, I interviewed her and Andrew for for the film, um, and I wanted to ask them about the whole laugh out loud comedy thing because I just thought it was fascinating. And what she had to say was, we went from romantic comedies or comedy romantics to a dead man's land. And now I think it's been enough time where we can get back to being offensive and make America offensive again, which I loved. <laughs> Love that from J-Law. Um, oh, she's an icon. Yeah, it is It is interesting to see her going into comedy because obviously you've got I, She's Hunger a natural Games, for it. I'm surprised it's taken her this long. I know. Hmm. And I think... But I think she chose it because it was her. Like, that's her as a mm. character. So that's bloody easy to play. You can mm. just waltz on set and yeah. be like, I'm hot and funny. Yeah. Must be nice. Um, <laughs> I have heard that everyone says she actually absolutely kills it. Yeah. Like she, she nails it. Yeah. As a role. Have you seen so, it? No, nah, I haven't. But well, there's a scene, I am planning to go. There's a scene on the beach that you're going to love. Mm. So keep an eye out for that one. Is she picking up seaweed? Is that what we're <laughs> hanging out for on the beach? <laughs> no. Well, I'll have to get to the movies on a hungover <laughs> Sunday evening and enjoy the warm embrace of J-Law and no hard feelings. But I think that is it for this week in entertainment. Thanks very much for listening and join us again next week on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. Bye.